What's going on, everybody? This is DeVore. You are tuning in to the Not For Debate podcast. Um, I, I usually, it's a live show. But this this time around, this, we're, we're, this is, pod is going to be recorded after M- the NBA All-Star Saturday. I, I, like the, the, the skills challenge, the three-point challenge, and that horrendous, that horrendous dunk contest. Uh, so we're going to do things a little bit differently this time. Uh, obviously, there was some NFL news that ended up happening uh, regarding Brian Flores. He ended up getting a getting signed on to the Pittsburgh Steelers staff as an assistant defensive coach and as the linebackers coach. Uh, so Havoc blessed us with his presence. Everybody loves Havoc. So we ended up having a little brief conversation about that. So. We're going to go ahead and just call that the pod. I believe it's going to be like a 30 minutes or something like that. Uh, and we're just going to go ahead and transition into that. Also, be sure this, to check out, check the link in the description for the Bet Us online bookie, bookie site where you receive 125% in bonuses upon sign up. But uh, again, we're going to go ahead and just transition into the pod. Uh, just sit back and relax and enjoy the show, man. What's your thought on Brian Flores getting on to the Pittsburgh Steelers staff after the the uh, the lawsuit? Oh, get- we didn't even have the conversation about the lawsuit. You, well, I haven't seen yeah. it since before then, actually. I mean, you know, I will say, uh, number one, in terms of the court case, it's going to be a hard thing to prove. It's 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 hard because. Everybody knows it's going on, but you can't really nail anybody down. And they right. have, and they have the Rooney Rule, which is like the NFL's device um, that they that they choose to use to, uh, I guess, improve hiring of uh, people of color in front office and head coaching positions. Um, I think first and foremost. Brian Flores, I don't know if he's trying to win the lawsuit as much as he's tr- he's just trying to stir the pot a little bit to get some change to get some change stimulated. Um, because you know, for us to be at a point right now, one black head coach in the whole league is kinda is kind of preposterous. Yes. Um so, you know, but ultimately, you know, we're all we're all uh, you know, grasping at straws as to what the solution is, but the real solution is you need more black ownership in the league. That's that 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 will that is that is that will be the control to your problem. Is if if you have black owners, then all of a sudden, uh, black front office executives and head coaches. Not to say that it, it's going to be a rubber stamp, but it's going to be more viable. There's going to be less bias attached to the hiring process, um, which is ultimately the direction the NFL wants to go in. I do think it's interesting because. Mike Tomlin throwing in that rope. I mean, 
Mike Tomlin is probably maybe outside of being one of the only coaches in the league with job security in general. He the he the he the only one out there now. And he throwing blind and I, and this is exactly why kind of this diversity and all this stuff is 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 very important because when the rest of the league wants to blackball you, there's got to be one person that can throw you a life rope. And right now. <laughs> Mike Tomlin is the only dude that can throw you a throw you a rope right now, and Mike Tomlin ain't trying to really be that guy, but in this case, he's that guy. So, you know, when it comes to the defensive side of the ball, obviously Brian Flores knows what he's doing. So, I mean, look, man, he Mike Tomlin, he probably got a really good defensive coordinator type, former head coach, at a bargain basement price. True. So, I mean, I can't knock the move. I can't knock the move because when it comes to the defense, you know, I don't know if Brian Flores is the right guy to handle your offense uh, or your communications, but (laughs) he does know defense. And I am very interested to see the first day of training camp when Brian Flores is telling Minka Fitzpatrick what to do. That was about to be my next question. How do you think that relationship is going to go with Mika Fitzpatrick? I mean, I mean, it's good. Look, man, it's it's one of them situations where if it don't work out, Brian Flores is the one out the door, not Minka. That's true. So he, Brian Flores is highly incentivized to make that work. Hmm. So it, it's funny. It's funny when you said when we had when you said earlier about the uh, the lawsuit, how it's going to be tough to prove. I told G Bunny and I told Quinte, I was like, that's that's definitely going to be tough to prove because even in the text messages, it doesn't say that it's an actual guarantee that Brian Dayball was going to get the job with the New York Giants. Yeah, Belichick specifically said it looks like you're going to get the job. I think. I think. I think the thing. I think the smoking gun is not the guarantee that Brian Dayball was going to get the job. It was the the kind of the the understanding that Brian Flores wasn't really being considered for the position yet he was being interviewed for the job. Right? And they may say, "Well, we took him to dinner and we showed him around and all this type of stuff." Well, you could do that with the janitor if you wanted to, right? So, <laughs> that doesn't really prove anything. So, uh, what we're really talking about is, did you have a true intent to hire him? Did you have a true intent to interview him and hire him? Because it looks like, it appears, you know, if you look at the Rooney Rule, which I had, I had a, a video, one of the first videos I ever made on my channel was the Rooney Rule in five minutes where I broke it down and I explained it. And basically, the whole theory was, well, you get these black coaches in the interview process for head coaching positions and then right. eventually word would get around about you and then someone would give you a job. Now the problem with that theory is you had guys going around doing the rounds as token interviews basically they're do they're interviewing for every single job possible without seriously being considered for the job. So the, the Rudy rule in reality is just giving NFL owners and franchises cover fire um, 
when their true intent is to not really even seriously consider a black head coach in the first place. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll have to see about the lawsuit. I, I do think that, I do think that regardless of whether Brian Flores wins the lawsuit or not, he is going to stimulate enough change that they will either come up with a new Rooney rule or they will heavily revise the existing Rooney rule. Okay. So here, here see, here's my issue because I, I I think he's not I know most definitely feel like he's not gonna win the, the discrimination aspect of it. Now the allegations that he has against Stephen Ross, I feel like as long as he has the witness that or a good valuable witness, I feel like he could win that. But going back to the discrimination aspect of it, even mm-hmm. if even if they was they was moving towards of hiring Brian Dayball before they even sat down and had the interview, like I, I, that's that's more that's more human. That's in that human nature that folks just be like, when you go out and you see something that you like, you automatically want to go that route, even though you haven't looked well, at the rest of your options. The the issue the issue is one. Well, I think the main issue is particularly when you're talking about hiring. Just hiring of people in color in general for corporate positions, yeah, senior level executive positions, things of that nature is, you know, you go to go to what you're talking about. You know, sometimes you just get a feeling about a guy and you just you just you just like him and you just want to pull the trigger and you just want to hire him. The problem is, within the NFL, they only seem to get that feeling around white men. <laughs> so <laughs> We we have a we have we have a, a very serious issue here because you're talking about a league where seventy percent of the players are are black, yet you got one head coach. Even even if even if the in, in a situation where the table is set completely completely flat, realistically, the idea of one head coach is is, is patently ridiculous on its face. I mean, you're telling me well, there's one black person in the in the entire, there's one black person that has been in the professional football business that is qualified to be a head coach. That's got <laughs> that's, that's that's the craziest statement I can even think of right now. So clearly, there is an issue when it comes to the hiring process, and we 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 keep trying to poke at what the problem is. The pro- problem is you got you you do you have a lack of diverse ownership, and that's really what it comes around to because. These these franchises are owned by the same people, right? These, the, I mean, it's like we, you know, this the, the, these franchises are owned by the same people. So you're you're trying to change, you're really just trying to change the same person's mind. Mm-hmm. And at a at a certain point, we just have to accept the fact that they're not really trying to do that. They're just not. That's just not what they're trying to do. So at that point, the NFL has to make a decision. In my opinion, I think the NFL should say. Um, the next five franchises that are up for sale go to dive, go to people of color. Period. Okay, so here here's the thing with that, because I I I I kind of understand. All right, I kind of understand the thought process, and it's not it's not going to be a racial thing. It's just like more of a a comfort thing because let's say because I've I did this example before with 
with, with G Money and Quinte. Let's say I I get a job with let's say Sports Center or whatever, and they tell they tell me that they have somebody in mind that could be a co-host, but I decide I want to go in the direction of let's use let's use you Havoc as an example. I just I was like you know what I want to take I want to bring Havoc on as my as my co-host on this show over somebody that's way more qualified than you have. Isn't that doesn't that just come down to just personal preference and not yeah. and I not mean, racism? Yeah, well the situation you're talking about is I mean, I think the situation you bring up it advocates and undermines your argument at the same time because you, you admitted that you want you wanted me over someone that was more qualified. That is that is essentially the issue that we're talking about is um, the overlooking of overly qualified people. So, you know, at at a certain point, you know, we're talking about, you know, what you're talking about is entertainment, right? Like, there's something to be said for chemistry or knowing somebody. Like, you can put two football people together, put them in front of a camera, and it can be total garbage. Like, no one wants to watch it. Exactly. Um, But if you know, if, if, if you have a repertoire with somebody, you know somebody, and you can put on a product that's appealing, that means something. So, you know, and within the scheme of entertainment, it's a little bit different. Within the scheme of a head coach of a football team, I mean, you're 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 essentially the head organizer of a, of a sports team at that point. Um, and and the idea that you know, it, it's it's. In, even if you really think about the Rooney Rule, it's kind of based around this whole, you know, seat seat at the table mentality, right? Which is like, we just want to seat at the table, but that's kind of a, a little bit of a backward thinking mentality because when you want to seat at the table, then you think that all you're deserving of is a seat at the table. When in reality, why are we capping ourselves at just a seat at the table? So at a certain point, the NFL, you know, the, the rubber, the rubber, the rubber meets the road where the money is. Mm-hmm. The money is in ownership. The power is in ownership. So if you really want things to change, you try to convince homeboy that you've been talking to the, for, for the past 10, 20, 30 years, ain't going to change a whole lot. But team, but teams change hands. And the league, which, by the way, the league approves who, who gets to own the NFL franchises. The league needs to look at some of these bids that are being put forward when teams come up for sale and they need to say, we are going to prioritize bids from people of color because we have a, an overwhelming disparity when it comes to ownership of NFL franchises. And from there, it'll disseminate down. Um, right. So hopefully when instead of um, well, the, the current climate we're in where the, the idea of you know you feel comfortable around somebody, well, what if you have a black owner and a black GM and black executives and you just you just catch a vibe about a guy who just happens to be a black assistant coach that can't may not be able to get an interview anywhere else, but within your organization everyone sees the value in him. Right. That's when we're talking about the comfort level, that's what we're talking about is um you know, it appears the comfort only seems to go to one type. And that's the issue. Okay, so because I feel like even if if let's just play devil's advocate here, 
if if Stephen Ross is found guilty to let's say the the tampering allegations and the in the bribe allegations to Brian Flores as far as a hundred thousand for losing games in 2019 uh-huh. and he's forced to sell the team. I feel like owners they already have contingency plans set in place if they were forced to sell the teams where they would get their I guess successors the opportunity yeah. to own the team to keep these the these teams under ownership white. For example, yeah. Stephen Ross has Bruce Beal, the vice president, in play That's right now if, goes, if he's forced to sell the team. So I feel like you, if, if we were to actually bring in – because I feel like that is the ultimate solution where you can end up having minority coaches because, again, it all comes down to comfort level. I wouldn't necessarily – it's a racial thing, but it just comes down to comfort level. Until we get some black owners in the league where they can sit in on these meetings – of who they feel comfortable of hiring, I feel like it's just going to stay the same, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, I, and I also heard about uh, this, this guy that may be second and next in line to own the Dolphins. I will say to that, the league has to approve all transactions when it comes to changing hands of team ownership. So they can very well say it's all well and good that you, you've got this guy lined up. We got other priorities. Uh, I would say, first and foremost, considering that he put his neck out and did a deal with the NFL he, uh, to um, help supply the NFL with entertainment through Rock Nation, if I'm the NFL, I'm lining up Jay-Z to own the next team. I thought that was, okay, it was a couple years ago. I thought that was going to be the plan for the Carolina mm-hmm. Panthers. They were going to bring in a whole bunch of investors and they were going to try to buy the Carolina Panthers. I believe it was Steph Curry, Jay-Z and some other high profile black names that were going to try to invest into the Carolina Panthers. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to figure out what happened to that whole, that, that game plan. I mean, they made like that was a step in the right direction. They may have just got out bid, you know, well, you may have just got out. They may have just got out bid. Wow. So that's that's tough. Then that that's really tough because I'm pretty sure there's a yeah. lot more other billionaires out there that are really willing to own a team. And like, there's really not a chance for a black man to end up actually having it if we have multiple investors in a team and they still get outbid. Because mm-hmm. it, it it all comes down to connections, right? Yeah. I'm not I'm not a a thousand percent sure how this whole investing thing goes as far as into a a team mm-hmm. but i'm gonna put my money on the white on the rich white men over a whole bunch of minority uh, minority guys to own a team yeah and the thing is um you know these these dudes that own these teams you don't know who they are but when it comes to black ownership it's always the cream of the crop right it's oh michael jordan or steph curry or jay-z hey it's just then it, it'll be like these some of the most exceptional people in sports history versus a random white dude. Yep. That's that is the problem that we're talking about. Is you gotta bring on the best of the best to compete with some random dude and they still not win. They still can't get the team. <laughs> so at a, at a very at a very basic level, it's like NFL, you know, it, and this is something that I believe. Nothing happens without intentional movement. 
but mm-hmm. we just need to call it what it is. We need more black ownership. So the next team that, that becomes open for sale, we are going to wait into our decision-making when it comes to analyzing the bids. We are going to add weight to beds from people of color. I don't see what the problem is with that. If you're coming, if you're, if if you got two billion dollars, and you want to buy a team, what's the issue? Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. This is this is this conversation is actually getting pretty deep. So I kind of want to I kind of want to save this. I want to save this for a little bit later on down the road as we right. continue to uh, break down this lawsuit because it's it's not going anywhere. And no. then plus, I don't know if you've seen the preview for this week's I Am Athlete episode. Did you see it? I don't watch I Am Athlete. I watch the pivots. Okay, okay. Well, I don't watch the I Am Athlete podcast anymore either. But uh, this episode on Monday is going to be good because they got Brian Flores up there. Okay, I'll, I'll be interested to watch that. Yes. So. I I I do want to I do want to have a pod I do want to have a pod right after that episode okay. so we can have some clarity. Well, I know not clarity. I want to hear his side of the story because he's been extremely quiet, and yeah. these type of platforms, folks get to put everything on the table. <laughs> they get a little looser. Yes, they get a little looser. Get a little alcohol in them. Get a ciggy. Uh-huh. And, and 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 they get involved <laughs> get involved so yeah. i i really i want i want to hear his side of the story so we can get some clarity because we all heard the allegations coming out of the Stephen ross side and uh-huh. and the, and the newspaper down in miami as far as his how tough it is for for the organization to work with him moving forward and that led to the ultimate decision to let him go so i need i need to i need yeah. to see it and hear it from his own words because those interviews that he had on ESPN and on C- CBS CBS Morning that didn't do enough for me. I felt like his yeah. his lawyers being there they they put a buffer on what he could and could not say. So yeah. I need I need I need this I need this for me. To I'm looking this. forward to it, you know. <laughs> and I'm just and maybe just just to put a button on this conversation, I will just propose this question. If Mike Tomlin was not head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, does Brian Flores work in the NFL next year? I'm going to say no. Well, then I think we have. I think we've. I think we're on to something then. (laughs) Hey, you know what, Havoc? To be honest, I didn't think he was going to get a job ever again in the NFL after the Dolphins fired him. Yeah. before Before he even came out with the loss. I thought he, I thought they're going to put him on the cooler for a minute. Just just because of the fact that of the Stephen Ross the, the the allegation that came out as far as Stephen Ross was concerned, like his the communication aspect, like if you're not communicating with the the front office and your coaching staff, mm-hmm. like that's a, that's a recipe of disaster. So I yeah. was thinking, okay, you you put that out there now. And you have so many connections around the league as far as other owners. You talk like other owners talk to you about coaches before they decide to bring them on. They uh-huh. use you as they use you as a reference. So if Steve Ross says don't hire that guy, and he's a minority coach, I was like, this is there's no way. 
there is no way he will ever get another job after this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, it very well could have Mike Tomlin very well could have been the only dude that had enough pull to hire him. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, get it, get, get it approved. Like there might've been some dudes like, I wouldn't mind adding a Brian Flores to my staff. They may, may have gone to the GM, gone to like, yo, I'm going to call Brian Flores. They're like, you want to call Brian who? No, you ain't doing that. Well, it, again, it comes down to relationship because again, mm -hmm. it went in, in Houston. You had Flores was one of a, was one of the top candidates for the Houston Texan job between him, Josh McCown and Lovey Smith. I'm sorry, Lovey Smith. Mm -hmm. So we when we had the we had the we had the pod with 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 Spitz now the general manager and I don't know I can't remember what Jack Easterby's position yeah. is he's in like president he's, right he's the president I think so okay whatever he is in in the in the Texans organization they all have New England Patriots ties so with that relationship with Bill Belichick I think that would prevent. But even, even the Houston a Texans thing is, 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 is suspect, too, because you have Brian Flores, a guy who basically no one will hire except the only black coach in the league. you got Josh McCown, who has zero coaching experience. And you got Lovey Smith, who went to a Super Bowl. It, what is going on here? Like, you got a, a former Super Bowl you got a former coach with a we got a black head coach with a winning record that's been to Super Bowl vying for a job against a guy that's never been an assistant coach and a guy that no one will hire. Like <laughs> <laughs> Am I the only person that's seeing what's going on here? I hear you. I, I hear you one thousand percent. Like you just you just sit back and you just look at some of these these head coaching candidates have just been hired this year alone. These are all no name guys, except for, uh, excuse me, Josh McDaniels for the, for the, for the Las Vegas Raiders outside of him. Mm -hmm. You really don't know any of the other guys. Um, I'm trying to think of yeah. one off the top of my head. The one it's that bad. I have to literally have to Google some of these guys. Um, the one for the Vikings O'Connell. Yeah. He's like, the Rams offensive coordinator, right? Yeah, the Rams offensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. Like, I understand these organizations, Kevin O'Connell, these organizations want to go out there and get the young, the young, young-minded, flashy, offensive-minded coaches. But what yeah. about the experienced one? I know we joke around about Marvin Lewis all the time, but when's my boy gonna get a job? Yeah, or even if you want to go with the young coach, I mean, why not? pluck a, a Byron Leftwich. You know? Why not? Mm -hmm. Um, why I mean, how many like just solid assistant coaches it, it like they, I'm thinking about a guy like like Pep Hamilton, who's a quarterback coach. He done been quarterback folk coach for half the league. You don't even hear his name get 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 brought up for anything. Shoot, even better. <laughs> Eric B. Enemy, we've been that was been a hot candidate for like what the past a half a decade. Yeah, half a decade now. And he still doesn't have a head coaching job. Yeah. I don't to be honest with you, I like you had a whiff of him 
at the beginning of the hiring process. And then after that whiff, like it's just been forgotten. And like Josh McDaniels said, that took a head coaching job on Monday. Then on Tuesday said, I don't want the job anymore. And got his old job back on Wednesday. But Eric, Airbnb can't get a shot. Nope. Come on Absolutely now. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Last thing before we end up closing this thing out. Adam Gase, you lucky you ain't black. Uh, hey, you knew exactly where I was going with this. So, <laughs> so I, it, it's it's been rumored that Adam Gaze's next next job is going to be with the New England Patriots. I mean, you know, it's like it's like what Jay Z said. They pray for the death of my dynasty. Like, amen. Adam Gase <laughs> will be the death will be the death blow and the Patriots dynasty if he becomes part of that organization. They are already. Things ain't already ain't looking the hottest. I mean, I'm not saying they're garbage, but clearly the Patriots are not going to be a bad team, but they also just aren't really, they are not a particularly talented team. And that's okay when you got a guy like Tom Brady and a really good defense. They got a good defense, but they ain't got no Tom Brady. So I'm wondering how long is Bill Belichick gonna play this game? True. I, or if Adam Gase comes to the Patriots, is this an indicator that they may try and bring in a veteran quarterback that Adam Gase maybe is comfortable with? Because boy, if I see Ryan Tannehill in the Patriots jersey. I'm gonna lose my lunch. You don't. You don't think Mac Jones is the answer? I think Mac Jones is all right. I mean, I don't know what he. But I don't. Know, you say the answer. What is? What is he the answer to? Is right. he? I mean, if you're looking for a game manager, yeah, he's the answer. I, I think he can develop into being more. We just got to get him more weapons. You got to get him any weapon. He don't, he don't have no weapons. No. <laughs> His best who, receiver who is, last year was Kendrick Bourne. Come on now. Come on now, man. You had, Kendrick Bourne is is uh, is Kendrick Bourne is fourth in the Dolphins depth chart. <laughs> I don't know. Due, due to the injuries, he might be number one on the depth chart. Well, two. He ain't, we'll put he him ain't had a waddle, but he, he, oh yeah, I'll put him at two. Two is two is fine. Okay. Okay. Well, Devontae Park. I don't know if Devontae Park are going to be around, so we'll see. Well, yeah, we'll see. New head coach. New head coach in play. We'll, we'll mm-hmm. definitely see. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say, uh, go go ahead and um, go ahead and hit that like button, subscribe button, and also check us out on our Twitter, Instagram, Facebook pages, and we just just recently added the TikTok, so be sure to go ahead and check out the TikTok. Uh, I probably will put this portion of tonight's stream on our streaming platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and the other streaming platforms. This is the Not for the Bay podcast. We're about here, man. 